Welcome to this edition of Amazing Creation. I'm your host, Fred Johnson. This show is about the credibility of the scriptures as they pertain to the creation of the world and our origins, and in contrast to the dogma of evolution. The show is produced by the Triangle Association for the Science of Creation. That's shortened to TASC, T-A-S-C, a Raleigh, North Carolina group of scientists and lay folks whose mission is to increase awareness of the scientific evidence supporting the plain, straightforward understanding of the biblical account of creation. Evolution is almost universally now taught in our public schools, colleges, and universities as the origin of all of life we see around us. But there are many, including highly educated scientists, who see evolution not only as impossible, but moreover as untenable when made to stand beside the revealed Word of God in the Bible. Today we have with us Mel Blinson, who, like many of us at TASC, has struggled with trying to reconcile what naturalistic scientists say about our origins and the account in the scriptures. I've known Mel since he started participating in TASC in 2001. Welcome to the show, Mel. Thanks for having me, Fred. Today I want to focus on just a few verses, and the first one is Romans 1.20 that says, and I quote, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Why did you select this particular verse, Mel? Because I think it is right on target, Fred. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And Isaiah 43.20 says, The beast of the field shall honor me. In other words, we see God's fingerprints most everywhere we look. Today I plan to share some very special animal, insect, plant, and human body part designs that don't appear to be the product of random chance over millions of years. And I'm starting with the letter A, and will proceed through the entire alphabet to help me remember all these things when I share them with our five grandkids someday. Sounds interesting, Mel. Let's get started. For me, the letter A is for aardvark, or anteater. And he's certainly unique because an aardvark can move as much dirt as six men with shovels and can devour 50,000 ants in a single night. And the ants that aardvarks eat are just as amazing as they are because they pollinate more plants than any other insect on the planet, when most people think the bees are the main pollinators. B stands for bears that are also very well designed and that bears do some astounding things during hibernation. I just learned that a bear never passes any waste during his or her five months of hibernation and doctors have been studying bears to find out how they do this because this feature alone would be very useful during surgery on the internal organs in humans. Wow, this is a great material, Mel. Where did you find this information? I've been reading Creation Magazine for years, where these types of things were published in almost every issue. The magazine contributors helped me learn how a plain, old, ordinary cow is not so plain and not so ordinary because cows have four stomachs that enable them to digest sticks, leaves, straw, and a lot of other vegetation that most other animals could never digest. And this is one reason why cows chew their cud almost eight hours every day. This feature alone enables the cows to live almost anywhere that humans live, so it appears that cows were designed especially for humans. They provide milk, cream, cheese, butter, and my personal favorite part, which is the T-bone steaks. 
Believe it or not, the average cow produces about 5,000 quarts of milk per year, which is enough to serve about 60 people. And even the manure is used by many folks around the world as fuel for cooking. I've read some books on evolution and so far have not found any good explanations for how all the above could have formed through random chance processes alone. So I chose the cow for the letter C. Wow, 60 people served by one cow. What do evolutionists say the cows evolved from? Most of the animals that we're checking out today are radically different from any other animal, so I keep asking this same question, Fred. If no other animal does anything close to what a cow does, isn't the theory of evolution a little flawed in this area? So we're moving on to the letter D now? Yes. D is for dragonfly. Dragonflies can appear to be stationary while sneaking up on their prey, and we would love to be able to mimic their flight control system in our helicopters. We have 22 letters left, so I'm going to speed up a little now, Fred. E is for eel. Creation Magazine says eels can generate 650 volts of electricity, and scientists still cannot figure out why they do not electrocute themselves or their mates. No other animal can come close to 650 volts, so what did the eels evolve from? F is for fleas. A flea can jump 100 times his or her length when the best jumping human on the planet does well to jump 5 times his or her length. And the flea can jump this far 600 times in one hour. No other insect or animal can do what a tiny flea can do. G is for geckos that can walk across a ceiling without falling off. These animals had scientists baffled for years as to how they do this, and it took one of man's most powerful microscopes to solve the mystery. When a lizard's feet are magnified 35,000 times, you can see tiny suction cups on the hairs that are on his feet, and these suction cups are quite powerful for their size. In fact, if the lizard's feet were flat instead of rounded, the lizard would get stuck in one spot and not be able to move ahead. So, these suction cups, that's how they do it. Yep, pretty amazing. H is for Hippo, whose skin was designed to secrete its own suntan lotion, which is another feature that I would personally love to have. And I, I is for information because lots and lots of information needed to be programmed into the animal and also the human's DNA so that we can do all the amazing things that we're talking about today. And all that information needs to be present on day one in a baby's life when he or she is only a one-celled organism. It would be wonderful to see all that information in that very first cell printed out someplace. I just sometimes wonder how many libraries it would fill. And these designs are irreducibly complex in that all organisms have very sophisticated biological systems built into their bodies that simply could not have evolved over time. The bacterial flagellum is a great example of this because 40 parts are required to run a tiny motor it has, and it will not operate if any of the 40 parts are missing. I've always heard that evolution occurs in a stepwise fashion over long periods of time, and in this case, evolution would need to keep making new parts that were useless until all 40 parts were present and located in just the right place at just the right time. Do animals and plants have something built into their DNA that keeps making new parts and then tries to find a use for them? I don't think so. In my opinion, evolution is not goal-oriented, so it cannot work towards a specific outcome. 
I better get back to the animals now. I've heard about some of these things, Mel, but never heard so many of them cited in just a few minutes. Here's a riddle for you, Fred. What animal has no heart, no bones, no eyes, and no brain? It's made up of 95% water, and yet it's still a remarkably efficient ocean predator. Hmm, I give up, Mel. J is for jellyfish because it's so very difficult to imagine that anything can survive with no heart or brain, yet the Lord designed it to function very well without some of the things we thought were indispensable. K is for the female kangaroo that can delay the birth of her next baby after it's already growing inside the womb when there's a drought in the area. Some evolutionists say the kangaroo evolved from a possum, but I don't see a lot of similarity between these two animals. L is for the chuckwalla lizard. When this animal is in the sun a lot and salt builds up in his bloodstream, he sneezes and pure salt is expelled from his body. If it were not for this feature, the animal would not survive. M is for the monarch butterfly that flies over 3,000 miles from Canada to Mexico every fall when it's never been there before and has no access to MapQuest. N is for the human nose that can distinguish between one trillion smells. O is for the sea otters that tie themselves up with seaweed so they will not drift out to sea while they are floating on top of the water asleep every night. P is for peacocks that have beautiful tail feathers when none of our scientists have ever found a real use for these pretty things. Q is for quill pig, which is what a porcupine is called in Africa, and these animals have as many as 30,000 quills that often have barbs on them, are easily detached, and grow back again. What did a porcupine evolve from? You're right, Mel, in that they are more similar to a cactus than another animal. <laughs> R is for rearrange, remove, or ruin, which is the same thing as mutate, which all, is all we see happening in the genetic pool today. I've seen no evidence of new genetic material being created. We're only seeing the genes that were created in the beginning becoming defected over time, and some of these genes have been rearranged, removed, etc., and are causing our kids to have more health problems than we did when we were growing up. S is for spider silk that could easily support the weight of two fully loaded 737 airplanes if it were ever as thick as a garden hose, and it could still stretch 40% without breaking. T is for the shell of a box turtle that can support a weight 200 times greater than their own weight, which would be like one of us supporting the weight of two elephants on our backs. U is for unique. Almost all these things are one-of-a-kind items, like the duck-billed platypus that can locate its prey without using any eyes, ears, or nose. How does it do this? It can detect the tiniest electrical current generated when its next meal moves a muscle. V is for the Venus flytrap that can snap shut in one-tenth of a second. Even Darwin wondered what this plant could have evolved from. W is for whale. Many evolutionists think the whale evolved from some sort of hyena-like animal. However, just think of all the changes that would be required for something like this to occur. The land animal would have to develop a dorsal fin. Its bony tail would have to change into a triangular shape without bones. The animal's teeth would have to develop into a huge baleen filter. 
Their hair would have to nearly disappear and then be replaced by blubber for insulation through chance mutations in the DNA. The nostrils would have to move from the tip of the animal's nose to the top of the whale's head, disconnect from the mouth passage, and form a strong muscular flap to close the blowhole. The animal's front legs would have to change into pectoral fins. Its body would have to increase in size from 160 pounds to 360,000 pounds. The animal's external ears would have to disappear and then develop to compensate for high-pressure diving down to 1,600 feet. I've heard that over 2 billion characters in the whale's DNA would need to be almost completely changed to go from a hyena-like animal to a whale, and that would be mathematically impossible. Whoops, look at the clock, Fred. Thank goodness we're out of time because I have nothing for X, Y, or Z yet. Would you like to sum up today's program now, Mel? Yes, Fred. I love what Job 12, 7-9 says. But ask the animals, and they will teach you, or the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, or let the fish of the sea inform you. Which of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? Someday I hope to glorify the Lord as much as all these animals do, Fred. Well, thank you, Mel. That was very interesting. And thanks to you, listeners, for tuning in. You can find out more about TASC and some good information about the scientific study of the world from the perspective of those who take the scripture seriously at the TASC website, task-creationscience.org. That's T-A-S-C-creationscience.org. There you can learn about TASC's monthly meetings, which are open to the public, subscribe to the monthly newsletter, and read and download previous articles. Until next time, this has been Fred Johnson for Amazing Creation.